Hi, I'm Riyaz Safi and welcome to Thinking Out Loud. Please show some love and hit the like button. In that way, you will never miss another episode. Over the last couple of weeks, we discussed different aspects of health, such as sleep, diet, and exercise. However, we did not want to miss out on our topic today as it is vitally important and it is something we do on a daily basis. How many times were you told, take a deep breath when you're stressed out? And let's not forget the count to 10 part. On Thinking Out Loud today, we talk about breathing and our guest is an integrated medical doctor committed to bring heart back into the art of medicine. She has also written three books and hosts a podcast called The Threads of Healing. It gives me a great pleasure to welcome Dr. Ilamanga to Thinking Out Loud. Thank you so much, Riaz. It's wonderful to be talking with you this morning. Certainly, it's our pleasure to have you on the podcast. Now, it is recorded that we breathe 25,000 times per day. Mm-hmm. Please explain to us how breathing makes a difference to our overall health. Yeah, it's really fascinating. You know, if we had to look at all our automatic body functions that is regulated by our autonomic nervous system, uh, breathing being one of them, our heart rate, uh, temperature regulation, uh, you know, all of these automatic functions that we don't have to think about. Breathing is the only one that we can consciously override, which makes this really interesting and useful as a skill. And because, you know, when we breathe, we are able to change our physiology. We are able to change our um, the state of stress that we're in. So our automatic breath is like a language. And we'll know that when we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling anxious, we tend to breathe differently. We tend to breathe faster. We tend to breathe high up in our chest or we stop breathing. Our breathing becomes very erratic. When we're feeling uh, really happy or we, when we're feeling really relaxed, our breathing changes. And this is something that we don't think about. Now, because of the nature of our everyday lives, we are constantly being bombarded with information. We are living in a way that is um, not really a natural what I'm saying is that we're sitting at desks all day, looking over the computer. Our posture starts to change. So we develop these mental, emotional, and physical tension patterns. And that gets reflected in the way that we breathe. We're not really aware that this is happening until we find that it's becoming more and more difficult to breathe or we're experiencing symptoms like fatigue and brain fog, not realizing that the way we breathe has a massive impact on the way we feel, the way we think, the way we're experiencing energy. So from what you're saying, I gather this, uh, that we say for us to assume that most people don't understand the techniques of breathing. Therefore, it is said like 25 to about 50% of the world's population mouth breathes. What is the outcome of such behavior? Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, we develop these unconscious breathing habits Mm -hmm. and mouth breathing is one of those habits. Uh, You know, we, we know that because our, um, the, the shape of our skull has changed over time and also because our lifestyle has changed, our breathing habits change too. 
So for example, I mean, I'll go into the technicalities of mouth breathing, but just linking it back to your previous question, when we learn to breathe effectively, we use techniques to help us to come back to a natural state of breathing so that we are using the diaphragm, which is the main breathing muscle. And we tend to, or not tend to, we, we learn to breathe through the nose in everyday life again. So we come back to a, a healthy baseline breath. And that is the role of conscious breathing. That is the role of using certain techniques to return the body back to a way of breathing that is most supportive of, of, us, of our physical, mental, emotional well-being. Now, when we uh, look at mouth breathing as an example of a dysfunctional breathing habit, yeah. what happens is that we are bypassing all the benefits of breathing through the nose. Okay, so the nose is beautifully and perfectly designed to filter the air, humidify the air, warm the air, purify it, so, to, so that it can be absorbed by the delicate tissues of the lungs. It's prepared. Um, and when we breathe through the mouth, we bypass all of these beneficial effects. We also tend to over-breathe when we breathe through the mouth. Now, what does that mean? Yeah, I haven't heard of that before, over-breathing, yeah. yes. Yeah. So it's really interesting that when we uh, look at the science of breathing, yeah. uh, we realize that there needs to be a very delicate balance between carbon dioxide and oxygen in the blood in order for the cells to absorb oxygen. Now, most of us have been brought up or taught to think that oxygen is what we breathe in as what we want, and carbon dioxide is what we breathe out because it is a waste product, it's what we don't want. Okay. Yes. Now, this is quite a simplistic view, and as much as this is, uh, this is true on one level, we also need a certain amount of carbon dioxide in the, in the blood to support the release of the oxygen molecule into the cell. Now, if we're breathing through the mouth, we tend to breathe too fast, and we tend to breathe in a way that blows off too much carbon dioxide back into the atmosphere, which means the carbon dioxide levels in the blood drops too much. And even though we, we have enough oxygen, if you check your oxygen saturation, it could be at 98%, whether mm -hmm. that is getting into your cells is, is another question. Now, let's be honest, we are creatures of habit. It must be really difficult to change the way we breathe. But having said that, there must be small steps that we can take to correct our breathing. How and where should we start? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think um, the greatest gift of being a human is that we have the ability to change. But it is also really difficult, as you said. We have the capacity, though. And so the first thing that we need to, to be aware of when we are embarking, uh, embarking in a process of growth and change is to become aware, to notice, to observe how we are breathing in the first place. So to be really conscious of are we breathing through the nose or are we breathing through the mouth in our everyday life? Are we using our neck muscles to breathe? Are we breathing high up in the chest or are we breathing uh, feeling our belly rising. So if we are to return back to a good breathing habits, awareness is the first thing. But the second thing is then 
to start using the diaphragm again. Now, the diaphragm is a fascinating muscle. It's like a dome-shaped sheet of muscle that both separates and connects the chest to the abdomen. And breathing really begins when the diaphragm flattens. And you'll feel that as you inhale, your belly rises. What you're actually feeling when your belly rises on the inhale is your diaphragm flattening, pushing out the contents of the abdomen towards the outside and your lungs fill up. And when you exhale, what's meant to happen is the diaphragm moves back into its dome shape, back towards the lungs as your lungs deflate. Okay. Now, the diaphragm is attached to the rib cage, but it's also attached to the breastbone. And at the back is attached to our, our lumbar spine. And most of us don't know that. So if we have in chronic back pain or tension or the spine is not flexible, it's going to impact on the ability of the diaphragm to move. Wow. Yeah, which means we're not getting breath right down to the bottom bases of our lungs where we have the richest blood supply. And we, we breathe high up in the chest and our breathing is not efficient. So this is the most fundamental thing to understand when we want to repattern our breathing is to start to wake up to um, this diaphragm and how it's meant to open, how it's meant to, to move. I've learned something new uh, in terms of back pain and breathing. It is something I wouldn't have associated uh, the problem with. So, wow, that's something I've, uh, I'm going to take out of this. We are living in extremely challenging times. Anxiety is at an all-time high. People are generally stressed on many levels. We're often told, take a deep breath and all will be well. What is the relationship in detail between breathing and stress? I know you did touch on it a little bit earlier, but what is the exact relationship between stress and breathing? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. So, you know, when the body perceives, or rather the brain perceives that we are in a high demand situation or we are in a stressful situation, then it sends messages down to the adrenal glands, which sit above the kidneys. And the adrenal glands release adrenaline and cortisol, okay, which uh, is uh, energizing. It gives us energy to deal with the situation at hand. Okay. Now, the part of the brain that activates the stress response is, is uh, part of the midbrain or the emotional brain. So there's a constant loop between this part of the brain that regulates stress and all the stress hormones and the way we breathe. So when we are in this fight-flight mode or when the body perceives danger or a high-demand situation or stress or fear, our breathing will start to reflect that. And we know that when there's a surge of adrenaline in the system, our heart beats really fast and we tend to speed up our breathing. And this is, like I said, the breath is the language that reflects this particular state. When we consciously change the way we breathe, so when we become aware of our breathing and we consciously change the way we breathe, which means we breathe more slowly and we use the diaphragm and we breathe through the nose, immediately we are sending a message to our brain that we are now safe. 
that we can calm down. And the part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, the more evolved part of the brain that is responsible for uh, conscious awareness, for making choices, for logical thinking, for empathy and compassion comes online. And immediately the part of the brain that regulates fear starts to dampen. Okay. And this is the science of it. And the way that this happens is through a very interesting nerve in the body called the vagus nerve. Yeah. Now, most of the nerves, um, you know, from the brain uh, that send messages to the body, send messages from the brain to the body. The vagus nerve is the nerve that sends most of the signals from the body back to the brain. So 80% of the signals of the vagus nerve send messages from the body back to the brain, which makes it really interesting because the body is, well, the brain is constantly receiving feedback from the body around the state of being that is in, that it's in. So when we take a full deep breath, those little vagus nerve fibers from the lungs and from the diaphragm are sending messages to the brain that we are now safe. And we are only able to activate healing and restoration. The body is only able to restore its cells when we are perceiving safety. And the breath is the most powerful and immediate way to send the message of safety from the body back to the brain. Wow. Thank you for uh, explaining them so clearly to us. Now, it, it also could mean, um, I'm just thinking out here, just say, I, as a person, could have a problem with uh, my nose being blocked or sinuses or certain people have uh, snoring problems, etc., that might go undetected, really, or not resolved. How would that lead to bad breathing? Mm. Well, you know, as I was saying, uh, our breath responds not just to uh, perceived stresses, but also to physical um, restrictions or pain. When we have pain, the body finds a way to kind of protect us from that pain or compensate for that. So there's a constant compensatory mechanism that's happening in our body. So, for example, if we have chronic sinusitis uh, or hay fever, for example, and the nose is constantly feeling blocked, we tend to mouth breathe. And mouth breathing, as I mentioned before, will create all kinds of havoc in the system because we are sending messages of fear and anxiety to the brain. We're dropping the carbon dioxide levels too much in the body. So the cells are not receiving enough oxygen. So we just set up this vicious cycle. So when we start to become aware that the breath is central to all our functions and is an entry point we start to feel really empowered to shift our health in the most simple way. So what do I mean by that? Um, for example, let's take the situation that I mentioned now, sinusitis. We can't separate this symptom from what is going on in the rest of the body. So for example, um, the, the real root cause of the sinusitis might be that you know, the gut is not working effectively, that there's a toxic buildup in um, our gastrointestinal tract. And this is directly linked to the way that we breathe because every time we breathe and the diaphragm is moving, we are massaging the abdominal organs. 
So learning to breathe effectively using the diaphragm is going to help optimize the functioning of the digestive system, which in, in turn will support the relief of the sinusitis. So we're already starting to see the interconnectedness of yeah. all our systems and the breath becomes an easy entry point. The thinking out loud question for you, share with us and let's bring this all back home for people to understand share with us a success story that you might have had with one of your clients without mentioning their names where they came to you and you treated them and they came in a really bad shape and then once you've done your treatment uh, and they learned how to breathe uh, how's that changed their life so let's bring it all together for people uh, to make it a little more relatable as well wow yes i mean there's so many stories that come to to mind I'll share one that is particularly powerful. Uh, someone who is referred to me uh, for a breathwork session, and she has been suffering with ill health uh, her whole life from childhood. And no one has really been able to tell her why she was experiencing chronic pain to the point where she couldn't get out of bed, really severe fatigue. She went to every conceivable specialist to try and get an answer for what was going on. And spent so much of money, went to integrative doctors, went to every kind of healer imaginable. And um, in her first breathing session, just by supporting her to open up the diaphragm, she felt breath, life force for the very first time. It's wow. as if every cell in her body started to come alive. And it was an unforgettable experience for me because it was as if I was watching someone coming alive to themselves for the first time. You know, you hear stories of uh, people who have had hearing impairments and, and then have a cochlear implant and start to hear for the very first time. And the, the joy and the light that they, they experience and what you see on their face, it was, it was like that. It was that kind of experience. Sounds amazing indeed. And I mean, look, it has been quite a journey working with her, getting to understand, uh, getting her to understand the mechanics of her body, uh, getting her to unravel patterns of tension, getting her to trust what her body is communicating to her. And over time, she has managed to come off all her medication and she is working so deeply with uh, conscious breathing as a fundamental tool in her life uh, to support every aspect of, uh, of, her, of her being. That is most inspiring. So I guess sometimes it's not all about going to the gym only. Uh, if there's all the other aspects of your health that you need to look after and breathing being one of the most important parts as well. Now, Dr. Manga, you've also written a few books and you host a podcast called Threads of Healing. Tell us more about some of the topics that you discuss in your work. Mm, yeah, thank you. So my published book um, is called Breathe, Strategizing Energy in the Age of Burnout. And this book was really, uh, it came as a response to um, my observation of how we are so caught up in this adrenalized energy. 
that mm. we often think is uh, is great, and I mean it is. It it has a purpose. It has a a role to play, uh, but it is also a, a drug. It's like a chemical. So many of us are addicted to this adrenalized energy. So I wanted to make the, the distinction. Uh, between this this adrenalized stress energy and more authentic energy that is sustainable, that we are designed to live with, and uh, how we can support authentic energy through our body's intelligence, mind's intelligence, and heart's intelligence. And so that book is really to explore these concepts and um, you know give the reader very simple tools um, related to stories of people that I have worked with. There's also a free mini version of this um, called Burnout to Breathing, which people can access through my website, which is an ebook. Certainly. And your podcast, I presume that's been going very well? Yeah, that was just such an amazing experience. Uh, so I launched that last year. Threads yes. of Healing was really about having conversations about what healing means with not just health professionals, but all kinds of people who are doing amazing work in the world and not just healing people on an individual level, but also healing on a collective level, healing societies, uh, working in journalism, working in activism. Um, so that was a really uh, incredible experience for me to having these conversations with amazing people on the African continent. We are sitting with such amazing minds sorry, on this continent that we um, need to kind of highlight. And how can people listen to that? Right, so Threads of Healing you can find on uh, Apple uh, iTunes, um, on Google Play. Uh, you can also access the link to this through my website, drelamanga.com. And is that perhaps the best way to be in touch with you as well? Yes, absolutely. You can easily contact me through my website. How about sharing a quick breathing exercise uh, that people can start doing right now? Ah, beautiful, yes. So the, the technique that I'd like to share with you today is actually one of our most natural reflexes that we have taken for granted and that we have actually suppressed because it is judged. And that is a sigh of relief. Okay. Now, the sigh of relief is built into our system as an inbuilt mechanism to help us to release stress. And when we can consciously deepen our inhale through the nose and exhale with a sigh, just feeling that that sigh is allowing stress to be washed away from the whole body. When you sigh like that, making that sound feel like you were softening the back of your neck and your shoulders. So do that right now, feeling like you're breathing in slowly from your belly. Slow inhalation. And the exhalation is just a soft, beautiful letting go. We also call this breath the coming home breath, coming home to your heart, coming back to your body, coming back to your center. And just a few breaths like this, you will feel immediately centered, slightly calmer, and kind of you've just broken that cycle of stress. So three sighs of relief. And this is a beautiful way that you can kind of, uh, you can bring this into, a, uh, into your family as a ritual. You know, when you're all sitting down at the table together, one breath 
just for yourself, a sigh of relief. The next one, ah, for everybody around the table. And the third one, just sending gratitude for everyone who has been part of the preparation of that meal, from the person who grew the food to the person who sold you the food to the person who uh, prepared the food. So that's just a beautiful way that you can integrate this technique into a little family ritual uh, that helps us to connect to ourselves and each other. Wow, that's so fascinating. And thank you so much for sharing that. I'm, I'm sure we're going to be practicing that. We need that in this time. Gratitude is something that is uh, so powerful. Thank you, Dr. Manga, for chatting to us uh, on Thinking Out Loud about a topic that is often neglected when discussing health. And of course, that's breathing. After all, they call it the breath of life. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thank you, Riaz. Over the next couple of weeks, we feature a variety of guests who will help us find answers to questions we often think about, but rarely ask on Thinking Out Loud. This is Riaz Safi saying thank you so much for listening. Till the next episode, bye for now.